for example, I was in, in Indonesia and uh, I came in touch with an organization um, who told me about uh, pollution in the, in the rivers in, in Java, which is the bigger island in Indonesia. And that island, also the rivers in that island were uh, heavily polluted due to uh, people throwing di diapers into the to the river. And why they do it, I was that I was also really surprised by that because uh, local people over there have the belief that if they um, if they uh, burn the the diapers of babies, that it will cause rash on the on the bottoms of the of the babies. And that's right from the middle of today's episode. It's me, Karthik, and on this show, I try to make a sincere attempt at presenting conversations that are insightful and thought-provoking, and I really hope they nudge you to think in a direction that you've never, ever been so far. I'm really excited to be back inside of yours, and if this is the first time that you're listening to the show, I appreciate you tuning in, and uh, please don't forget subscribing to the show from wherever you're listening to this right now. And if you're returning back to this podcast, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Thank you. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. But before we jump into today's episode, I want to talk really quick about last week's episode. In last week's episode, we had Spencer Lum. He's a photographer and copywriter and business coach. He's a serial entrepreneur and the founder of Extra Bold, uh, a blog dedicated to helping entrepreneurs build meaningful businesses with rabid fans by learning to write addictive content. Now, if you did not listen to that episode, I really, really think you should do that right after you finish listening to this episode. Because if you're someone who's actually creative, entrepreneurial, or um, a misfit, which obviously you are, you really want to learn the art of influencing others. Now, I don't mean this in a very negative way. It's in a positive way. We all do that as parents, as uh, people, as humans. So don't forget to tune into that episode by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash S2E31. That's season two, episode 31 with Spencer Lum. All right. Now it's time to get into today's episode. Our guest today is Weeby Walker. Here is a little something about VB really quick. On the 15th of March of 2016, VB, a Dutchman, left Amsterdam with his electric car that he calls the Blue Bandit as part of his project called Plug Me In. Without money in his pocket, it seemed like a challenging task to reach Sydney, his ultimate destination, on the other side of the world. But Weeby went on to ask help from the crowd. On his website, people could select their location on a map and support Weeby by offering him a meal, a place to sleep, or electricity to charge his car. Thousands of people signed up, and along the way, these offers would determine the route of Weeby's record-breaking journey. He drove from Amsterdam to Italy, to turn around and drive all the way to the North Cape. Via the eastern parts of Europe, he continued southwards to Turkey and thereafter he crossed the Middle East, India and Southeast Asia. With, with every kilometer traveled, his message gained more strength. The 
Lone Ranger in the Blue Bandit is the living proof that sustainable mobility is possible. That was the message. I really wanted to bring him on to the show because of a couple of reasons. One is the fact that Weeby did something that not many of his age or any age would do. And second, he decided to do this for his college project when typically other students would be looking to get a job or do something else. So, without further ado, please join me in welcoming Weeby Walker. From the DYT Studios, it's the Design Your Thinking podcast, a show about creators, entrepreneurs, and non-conformists, and the stories behind the decisions they made that completely changed the future of their lives and businesses. And now your host, Karthik. To kick off the conversation, I asked Weeby what the project is all about and how he actually would describe himself. Um, yeah, so, so my project is, is called uh, Plug Me In. And so the idea was that I wanted to, to travel from, from Amsterdam to, to Sydney, to the, so the other side of the world, uh, to prove the viability of electric cars. And to reach my destination, I asked for the help of people to, to get me there. So I set up with a friend of mine a website called plugmeinproject.com. And then on a map, people could select their location and say like, you can come to my place to, to sleep here on our couch or to we will share a meal with you or you can come here to charge up your car. And based, up, based on these offers, the route to, to our Sydney eventually will be determined. So every week I would look on my map and see what offers were were nearby. Uh, so when I started, I had about 180 offers, mostly from coming from countries around uh, the Netherlands. So uh, when I started, that sent me in a few weeks to to Italy. So I was already going south, like from Holland to Italy was south, or so kind of on the right direction, so to say. Uh, but when I got to Sydney, there were uh, sorry to Italy, there were no more offers coming from south, but there were a lot of uh, people from Scandinavia who said, why don't you come here to, to have a meal with us? So I thought, okay, I take the scenic route. So from Italy, I went all the way to the top of Scandinavia. It took me about five months, I believe. And uh, yeah, from there, I thought, like, now it's time to really head towards Australia. So from uh, the North Cape, I went uh, towards e- uh, Asia to the Eastern to Eastern Europe, uh, then crossed uh, Iran and the Middle East, India and Southeast Asia, and eventually reached uh, Australia in May last year. So I've been in Australia about a year uh, before I reached Sydney. And uh, yeah, with the goal to uh, yeah to promote electric vehicles. So I thought like, because there were a lot of prejudices about electric cars, people assume they're not reliable or you cannot cover long distances. So I wanted to yeah prove that it, that it can be done. And I thought like, I really need to do something which really speaks to the imagination, which is uh, drive all the way to the other side of the world to, to show that it can be done. And uh, in the various countries I passed by, I wanted to uh, show what's going on in the field of sustainability. So see what kind of environment, 
mental challenges there are or uh, innovative solutions or ideas to tackle the, the climate problem. Uh, so I engaged with a lot of uh, sustainable initiatives, companies, uh, NGOs uh, to talk about that and uh, producing a lot of videos about these uh, interviews. And uh, yeah, and besides that, uh, uh, well, I interviewed about uh, over just over a hundred uh, companies from yeah from various countries I've been to. And uh, and and how many supported this uh, initiative? Uh, I have about twenty sponsors who are uh, supporting me, and uh, they're mainly supporting me with uh, offering products or tools which I need for the trips. And uh, so this whole idea. Whole, this whole idea from the trip actually started as my uh, graduation project. Uh, I was studying events management at the University of Arts in Utrecht in the Netherlands. And then in the final year, I had the opportunity to graduate in what they call the entrepreneur's lab. So then you you base you write your thesis about starting a, your own company or project in, in my case. And so, yeah, I just research like what do, would I think that I would need during my trip so for example a camera or a microphone or, uh, charging cables like all kinds of things so I reached out to various companies to see if they could support me that because I found out like yeah I'm, uh, I really was a student you know and uh, I, I didn't have any previous experience to show like this is me and this is what I can do so I found out it would be hard to to get like money for companies but probably products or something will be a bit easier uh, and then that, that worked with a lot of bigger companies also like I got Canon who was sponsoring me a camera and uh, Adobe who were giving me access to other tools and uh, so that's yeah that's handy for me and it's also for me in the beginning was a good way uh, to promote my project because these sponsors would also like promote me on their social media channels. So then in the beginning, I got a bit more reach because of that. So then, yeah, worked for two ways. It was good. Driving from, you know, Amsterdam to Australia must have been a really, really long one. Um, yeah. yeah. For, for any uh, anyone who calls the city transit long. What, <sighs> you know, what did you enjoy doing the most during this big adventure that you took? Uh, for me, it was more about like exploring cultures, mm-hmm. meeting people, um, yeah, exploring different food, uh, learning about cultures, religion, uh, nature, and uh, also about sustainability, of course. And that part has been right. uh, the part that, that drives me, that, that really keeps me going. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, besides that, try to raise awareness for electric mobility and sustainable initiatives uh, around the world. The journey from Amsterdam to Sydney took Weeby 1,190 days. That's roughly about three years and two or three months. Now, this journey was not a, a straightforward one because he actually went from one country to the other and he actually didn't have any of the arrangements done beforehand, including visas, places to stay and so on and so forth. So the challenges were plenty. I started this trip without money, and so it was my goal to drive from from Amsterdam to literally the other side of the world, uh, starting without money and uh, relying on the kindness of other people, and just with the yeah, challenge to find a way to to reach that. Um, so of the, of the obviously there have been some points that I 
uh, yeah, needed a fair amount of money to be able to afford uh, shipments over the oceans. Right. Um, so I've been in Dubai for about three months where I found a job. Uh, so I worked a bit to, to be able to uh, uh, afford the shipment to India. Wow. And uh, later in Malaysia, in, uh, I had the same challenge because that was like the end of the, the mainland. So I had right. to gather some money to pay for the various ferries to Indonesia and eventually the shipment to Australia, which was going to be expensive. So also in Malaysia, I stayed for over three months actually to mm-hmm. to all kinds of jobs. And yeah, it was really, I, I really didn't have a hard deadline. So yeah, whenever I liked the place, then yeah, I stayed there one day, two days, sometimes three days, sometimes a bit more. And uh, yeah, it was really like day by day. And yeah, sometimes uh, there has been like weeks that I moved every day, but also various times that I stayed in a place a bit longer. Wow. I mean, how how much of a deviation was it from your initial estimate in terms of uh, completion? Uh, well, double. double. <laughs> I estimated, yeah, I estimated about a, a year, a year and a half. Uh-huh. But that was uh, based on the, like the most uh, positive Right. Route like I cal- calculate like then I I go every day. Right. And I I didn't expect that there will be so many people who signed up who right. were signed up to to host me. Right. And uh, but there were a lot and there were a lot of people who contacted me like yeah we want to show you this or we want to do this <laughs> and that with you so I thought yeah I can can rush this and and go to yeah. to Australia as fast as possible but this is a thing that you do once in your life yeah and uh, uh yeah i thought that this gonna yeah this i can learn so much about this right that like i i just try to enjoy this as much as, as possible and that's why it took a bit over three years and i'm still ongoing actually because i also at the moment i'm in new zealand uh still on this trip uh-huh. uh it was also not in the initial initial plan but now i ended up here wow. so yeah it's, it's still uh, still ongoing given the magnitude of this trip and uh, the logistics involved weavy was looking out for sponsors when he started off can you kind of give me a sense of who was your first sponsor that you pitched this idea to and how did that go um yeah so the yeah the very first one was a uh, a clothing company mm-hmm. uh also they did a lot of sustainable clothing so i also try to find sponsors who uh yeah who have sustainable sustainable project projects so so you and, uh, you sent an email to them uh, to this clothing company how how did it yeah, go uh, uh, yeah i i i i called them always i i email i try to use like what will be my third mm-hmm. choice or something like that calling you can make the most impact and then right. yeah, you can choose your words and everything and then uh yeah they were instantly very enthusiastic about uh, about the idea and uh, yeah then they would invite me for for a talk and they said yeah we are you can uh, count on, on us as being your first uh, sponsor and how did you get the word out to get you know as as much as 180 people come forward and give you an offer to stay or or yeah um yeah yeah so i really it was also a bit my my challenge to to do it all with with social media right and uh, because yeah, that was my primary tool to to get around mm. and uh so i created a uh video trailer uh so in a short like mm. 90 seconds video i explained the the concept of of my journey mm. and um yeah I, i started posting that on facebook groups or blogs about electric vehicles or sustainability okay. and uh, there were especially the electric car drivers who were 
instantly very enthusiastic about mm-hmm. what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they started sharing that video or information about my project with their uh, their network. Mm-hmm. So that's in the beginning that I um, yeah I got a lot of uh, attraction in the EV scene and a lot of offers from the from the EV scene. And um, yeah, that's that's how it started. So 180 before I started, and, and also uh, already there from those 180, there were a few from even countries which were a bit farther away, like Mongolia, mm-hmm. um, Australia, a few uh, Thailand, and even someone from uh, Baghdad in Iraq said, uh, "Yeah, you come over here to uh, to charge up your car." And uh, yeah, later as the as I, when I was on my journey, um, what I mostly did is when I went to a new country i would post on my facebook page like hey guys next week uh, i'm going to uh, to norway for example right. uh, my goal is to go from the south to the most northern tip uh, i have uh, two offers at the moment but i need some more to to make my ways and then yeah people will tag their friends like hey you live in uh, oslo can you help uh, this guy out mm-hmm. or they will share this with their network and that's how i mostly um uh, yeah, I got new new offers. And, and did you have about... a team to back you up? No, 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 no. I did everything on my own. And um, yeah, so now currently I have about uh, 1,800 offers uh, wow. from people from uh, yeah, 45 different countries around the world, uh, from literally every continent except for uh, Antarctica. Uh, <laughs> so that uh, worked really well. And um, yeah, also um, in the beginning, I, I thought that like media attention would also help with, right. with finding new people to to host me so uh-huh. try try to find a lot of uh, try to get some exposure in the media which, which was a bit hard in the beginning uh, but once i got more into the journey a bit more farther away i i tracked up a good amount of, of media attention but hmm. i found out that uh having exposure in traditional media like newspapers or tv um uh, doesn't help help me so yeah. much with with getting new um uh, new people to host me or also didn't really help with getting more more following uh yeah. so it, it really i found out that it really had to get through my own nor- network or if there were other influencers or, or bloggers yeah. uh, posting about me and asking people to to sign up that that would really that will help a lot can you give me a sense of what you learned. I mean, it's easy to talk about sustainability inside closed doors, right? I mean, we can go at length talking about it, but then you were actually um, taking an electric car and like you said, you did not have money in your pocket, so you had to figure out a way to get money and so that made you more conscious about the kind of money you spend on the travel on electricity in this case. So yeah. can you give me a sense of what you've learned about sustainability as a topic in the journey that you've done so far? Yeah, a lot, and I, I think we can do a separate uh, podcast about <laughs> everything uh, I learned because it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a super wide uh, topic which right. you can make so so complicated uh, uh, as you want it to be. Um, yeah, what I found interesting uh, is that uh, yeah, I discovered some topics which uh, before I started trip I had no idea that that is that that. Uh, that it exists like for example i was in in indonesia mm-hmm. and uh, i came in touch with a organization um who told me about uh, pollution in the in the rivers in, in java which is the mm-hmm. bigger island in indonesia mm-hmm. and that island also the rivers in that island were uh, heavily 
polluted due to uh, people throwing di- diapers into the to the river. And what I do, it I was that I was I was really surprised by that because uh, local people over there have the belief that if they um, if they uh, burn the the diapers mm-hmm. of, of babies, mm-hmm. that it will cause rash on the on the bottoms of the of the babies. Wow. Uh, so that's why they they threw other diapers into the river uh, about a million a day which is insane uh causing the river to be heavily polluted and uh toxic also so the the fish in the river have become uh bisexual for example and uh yeah that i found a really good example of something right yeah where where we in the the west would not uh, think about yeah um but yeah but they learn more um yeah i got more better idea of various problems in different countries and also um, yeah, in, in the beginning, when I started, uh, I would find initiatives like in, a, in every city in, in Western European countries. But mm. yeah, once I got more into Asia, I found it harder to find uh, topics about sustainability because mm. yeah, you see that there, uh, yeah, in Asian countries, there's so much less attention to the problem and uh, people are not really educated on, on mm-hmm. that, that term. So um, yeah, I found that... Uh, yeah, people are not really aware, and uh, yeah, I truly believe that uh, there are people in, in Asia who throw away plastic or rubbish, rubbish, and just have no idea um, that they are mm-hmm. polluting because of their, their their actions, and that they really have an, an impact on their environment to their to their own actions. So, yes, yeah, sustainability is also a bit of an, a Western thing, and yeah, um, yeah. What can I say more about it? It's <laughs> it's a long topic, I think. Curious. In hindsight, do you think it was a successful um, agenda for you to have uh, raised awareness? If so, how did you go about measuring awareness? Yeah. So yeah, I, I mainly measured by by uh, video views and uh, yeah, hits on hits on my website. That's for mm-hmm. me the most efficient way to to see it. I uh, didn't really set uh, hard targets for myself that I really wanted to. Have certain amount of views or uh, other way to to measure my my impact. I just mm. want to start it and, and do it and see it as it goes. Mm. Um, uh, honestly, I, yeah. After a while, I find that I not really succeeded anymore in my goal of raising awareness for environmental issues or uh, companies who are doing something with sustainability. Because, mm. like, yeah, like I said, in Europe, it was very easy to um, yeah to engage or find sustainable initiatives right. and uh yeah in the beginning i did really well i got uh, created a lot of videos and uh with different results like views between uh 10, up to 3 million views on, a, wow. on one video even wow. uh but then when i when i got to uh yeah to asia um i found it harder to to get in touch with these companies hmm. and um yeah i i could not give a lot of attention to it anymore so that's why also um yeah, I found that I was not really succeeding any, anymore and it was becoming more, more of a, a trip instead of uh, yeah, a project to raise awareness for sustainable initiatives. Mm. Um, so I kind of, from that point, I thought like, yeah, I'm not succeeding my goals and maybe I need to change stuff. So I mm-hmm. started to become more focusing on promoting sustainable mobility. So mm-hmm. I changed more to uh, giving lectures and presentations about right. my trip and sustainable mobility and uh, do more promotional activities on, on that. Doing something like this, a, a project that's yep. going to take you three years to do, 
uh, it's very it's going to be very tough to plan out. Uh, there are so many things that's uh, constrained in your case specifically because that's the way you planned it. A, you plan to uh, start with uh, no money in your pocket. B, you yeah. wanted to take an electric car and drive it around. C, you wanted to do it in a way which is very unique in the way I've seen it being done, which is letting people offer you a place to stay and uh, let you charge your car. All of this is uncertainties, right? I mean, how did you go about planning, taking it from an idea? I mean, it's, it all sounds great on an idea. You put this on a PowerPoint presentation. It sounds great. You put a yeah, website yeah, and yeah. put all these bullets. Sounds really awesome. But then bringing it to yeah. execution is a whole different challenge. Yes. Um, my question is, how did you move it from a PPT, a PowerPoint presentation, to the execution, till, right, till, till yeah. the time you actually... Your your car was flagged off of uh, the Netherlands, uh, Amsterdam. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, while organizing at a certain point, you 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 reach a point and you think like, yeah, I'm 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 ready to go. And uh, yeah, the whole idea was actually to embrace this uncertainty because mm. yeah, I just had a car, uh, camera tools, mm. and uh, the idea to to reach the the other side of the world. Mm. And uh, yeah, then you just uh, start start driving. And uh, for example, the first uh, challenge I had was when uh, I wanted to go to Russia because mm-hmm. for Russia I needed uh, a visa. So that would cost me cost me money to right. to obtain a visa. So uh, my idea was to um, uh, by the time I was been traveling for like five months, uh, so my idea was to exchange. Uh, items mm. which I gathered to, to during my trip and exchange them for something bigger until I could maybe change that for for exchange that for money and uh, able wow. to to buy uh, buy a visa. Mm. Uh, so I posted on my blog that I had the idea to do it, and uh, with the coming host, I I told him every time like, hey, I want to uh, to share this with you, but I said, now nah, we already read your blog. Uh, here you got some uh, some money to <laughs> to pay for your visa, and then I got to the embassy in in Finland in Hel- Helsinki, the Dutch embassy, and he said, oh, we went around uh, with with our hat, and we also uh, uh, gathered some money from you. So here you can you wow. now you have, probably have enough money to to buy your buy your visa. Uh, so yeah, and then I just kept going and going. Did you and necessarily then, start off the project with sponsors, or or did it happen along the way? Uh, yeah, I, I had a few sponsors uh, before I started the trip. There were about twelve, I believe, mm. and um, uh, so all, all all companies who, who supported me with products or or tools. And uh, yeah, once I got further, like uh, when I reached uh, Dubai, that I got there, I got a big challenge because uh, a I needed to to ship the car to, to India because from Dubai I could not continue by land. Mm. And after India, I would I needed to travel to Myanmar and Thailand. Mm. And for those two countries, if you travel through there with your own vehicle, then you're uh, mandatory to have an own, own your a guide with you. Mm. Uh, so that would cost me also a, a lot of money. Uh, so yeah, then I found a job in uh, in Dubai, mm. worked for a bit over two months for, for a company who were also organizing a road trip with electric cars to promote sustainable mobility. So that was a really good match. And uh, by the time also I gathered some more media attention and um, uh, there was one headline in a, in a newspaper saying like Dutch guy 
is stuck in Dubai with this electric car and wants to continue to India. And then there was a uh, logistics company who read that article and they contacted me. They said, hey, we saw in the newspaper, we want to ship your car to, uh, to India. Uh, so that was really cool. And I uh, also got a sponsorship with a local uh, bank who uh, uh, yeah, also gave me some, some money uh, mm-hmm. so I could afford those, those trips to uh, Myanmar and, uh, and Thailand. And uh, yeah, so so slowly it went went further and further and further, and uh, eventually, uh, yeah, it's all the way to the other side of the world with with help of of people, companies, and uh, yeah, a lot of other other stuff that helped me out. It's really amazing that we managed to pull off a project that was completely based on uncertainties. Uh, and especially the fact that he managed to rope in sponsors and uh, actually had a, a community of people uh, volunteering to give their space, their homes, food and electricity. So one thing that crossed my mind, though, is how did he go about explaining all of this to his family? Because as we all know, people at home are not going to be really happy with uncertainties. Um, well, when I came up with this concept, they were pretty excited actually, because already for a few months, mm-hmm. I had this idea that I, that I wanted to travel yeah. and I wanted to do something, something different. So every other day I would come up with a new idea and say like, Hey, nah, I want to do this. And then they would say like, ah, it's not so good. Uh, you need to change it. I need to change that. There was always something. And finally I came up with the idea of plug me in and everyone was like instantly like super enthusiastic mm-hmm. and said like, yeah, this, this is really it. And so this is what you should do. So they were very supportive from the beginning about, uh, about this trip. And, uh, they are also used to that. Uh, our family is traveling. Uh, I've been traveling for a year before to yeah. Australia and, um, yeah, but a few weeks before I started this trip, my my brother returned home from a two and a half year trip. Uh, so it's kind of almost casual that uh, nice. yeah, someone in the family is uh, is is away for a long trip. Right. You know, uh, we each have our own definitions of success. Curious, what does success mean to you? Um, yeah, for me, it was also always my goal to uh, my my main main objective was to reach. The other side of the world hmm. and uh yeah i i i reached that and um so, yeah i think i completed that's why i uh yeah i completed my objective so then i could say yeah, I'm, I'm successful in that uh but then i wanted to uh, create awareness for for sustainability and, and electric mobility hmm. and i i made uh for that i set up uh yeah some some targets and uh yeah, I uh, achieved way, way more than that. Like, uh, for example, when I reached uh, Sydney, like what was then the finish of my trip, mm-hmm. uh, that was really like like global news. It was featured on TV stations from like 40 different countries. And I got over 900 online articles and I uh, was interviewed by CNN, uh, BBC, uh, was on Bloomberg. Uh, so hit a lot of like big international uh, media outlets. Um, I will. I know. I, I never expected that wow. it will be so big because I thought, like, yeah, I'm just this this student who had his one goal to travel around the world, and mm. yeah, you know that that, that you become like global news. That yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty awesome actually. And uh, so yeah, I 
I think I achieved more than I could, uh, could wish for. You know, when success starts to happen and when it starts to happen at a very young age, like how it happened to BB, it's, it's so easy for him to have gotten a little carried away uh, and let the success got the better of him. So I was curious how he managed that. Well, it's, it's only temporary, I, I guess. And uh, yeah, when when it happened with the finish in, in Sydney, that was really like, like how what what what's happening? You know, like my, my phone was buzzing all the time, and I got contacted by by media all over the world to to interview me. So uh, yeah, that was like when it happens, you are just yeah, you're some kind of flow, and you just you just go with it, and yeah, everything is an opportunity. So you try to take every every opportunity, and then. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was definitely proud, of course, when when it happened. And but I already see now, like that, been it's been over, and it's yeah. been about two months ago now that I reached that, and now it's getting already a bit less with the with the media attention. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, it's it's always like, right. And it, that was that was good, also. You know, it doesn't need to be more than that, or for that it goes on for forever, because I really don't want to be like a super famous person or something. I really would not like that. So I think it's good. And I, yeah, I hope to stay, <laughs> I hope to have kept my humility, or to have to stay humble because of this. What have been the most defining moments of your life and career so far? I always like, um, yeah, I've, I've, I just always kind of let creativity like guide me through, throughout my my life actually and just like um i think everything happens for for a reason so um before i started this uh uh university mm-hmm. new uh so right uh so before i started this uh, new study at the university mm-hmm. of arts uh i i was studying before that i did another study and i quit that and it was because i had a a bad year and my parents were in a divorce and there were also mm-hmm. some other uh, personal issues why I, I really f- felt bad and I was getting into depression and everything so I quit my study and then I thought like yeah, I fucked it all and I just I take my back and I uh, go to Australia for a year to, to backpack mm-hmm. and um, uh, I just took a, took a year off to just to have for myself and to do something different and that's why during that trip I read a lot of books about um other travelers who traveled around the world in a unique or different way. And that was really um, the moment that I thought like, yeah, once in my life, I wanted to do something similar like that, but I had no idea how or what or when that would, would happen. And then when I returned back to the Netherlands, I started this study at the University of Arts and that were, that were kind of all the pieces came together for, for this trip. So it's been kind of a little uh, natural process that i yeah ended up here actually uh nice. so so yeah both like on personal and on professional level that that guided me to to this point um yeah if, you, if we were more talking about uh the journey itself for so the past three years it's actually been uh uh yeah, the road trip to to india actually mm-hmm. uh what i what i found fascinating because it was really yeah when people ask me like what has been the most challenging situation mm-hmm. uh, I always uh, reply the uh, the trip to to India because there happened a lot there were some a lot of um, mechanical uh, or issues with the car so it started very simple mm-hmm. with uh, a broken spring mm-hmm. 
and uh, on my car and I went to the local Volkswagen workshop in Kolkata mm-hmm. uh, showed the car and I said like yeah sorry we don't have this type of car in India so we cannot replace it so wow. they just wel- welded the spring and I said like yeah if it happens again uh, yeah then uh, you just need to weld it again and, uh, and good luck with it so I continued I wanted to cut through Bangladesh but mm-hmm. there uh, they didn't uh, allow my car to, to enter the country so mm-hmm. uh, I had to drive around Bangladesh through northeast India and there I got a flat tire wow. and I replaced replaced the tire drove to the next town where I had a host and we would go to the workshop to inspect the car and then we found out that the the rubber bushings in the lower arms of the car were completely worn out mm-hmm. and uh, so I could not continue driving then at the same workshop we uh, tried to charge a car but there was a short circuit and then the charger in my car exploded so I couldn't charge my car anymore. Uh, so now we needed to transport the car to to the next town, which was a Gahati. Mm-hmm. And uh, but there was yeah, we were a very small uh, place, and there was uh, not really a uh, like a recovery truck or something. So eventually we found a local guy with a truck who wanted to transport the car to the next town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was very hard to get the, the car already into the truck. So mm-hmm. uh, there was an excavated hill, and from the reverse the truck to the excavated hill and then kind of push the car into the truck but then we got to the to that city uh they said like sure how do you want to to offload the car so they didn't have any tools with them to offload the car uh, from the truck and uh that was that was kind of kind of challenging (laughs) because it was not that high but yeah how do you get the car back to the ground so we had to find a solution for that and um so first i found a warehouse and I thought we had can drive into the warehouse and then maybe with the recovery truck from the warehouse back to the streets, wow. but that didn't work. Uh, but it was really a funny moment because, um, yeah, it showed how many people were involved and wanted mm-hmm. to help me out. So there were some local bloggers who started a Facebook live video mm-hmm. and talking with me about the pro- 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 uh, the problems I encountered at that mm-hmm. moment. So there were a lot of locals who replied like, yeah, you can stay at my place or we can bring you some food or next tomorrow we come to you to help you find a solution to offload the car. And also when I posted about this on my Facebook page mm-hmm. about this problem, there were some guys who even sent in technical drawings with like calculations about in which angle to I needed to place like barriers to the warehouse to right. get that car back to the street. And uh, eventually that, that didn't work because there were problems with that barrier. Mm-hmm. And eventually the solution was to that we found a train station where we could uh, load the car from the truck <laughs> onto the platform and from the platform <laughs> back to the street. But that was like from the moment that we arrived in the city until it was driving again, it took like 75 hours. Right. And yeah, that 75 hours <laughs> like completely stressed out, of course. And there was also a uh, fight against the clock because right. uh, the, the date of entry for the Myanmar trip was set. And if I not make that, I had to make a lot of extra costs and everything. Mm-hmm. So it was very stressful. But yeah, once I got through that and I saw that I get so many help from, from everyone, like Indian people and mm-hmm. people online, I thought like, yeah, I will definitely uh, make it now to uh, to Australia also. And after that, I had once more had a problem, but that was also easily solved. So yeah. that really gave me uh, hope and um, good feeling that I, I would, would make it with my trip on my own or, or with the help of other people. You know, if someone who's listening to this right now, 
uh, you know is thinking of doing something like this it may not be a car it can be a bike perhaps just, or just walking what are the three yeah. things that you think they should focus on when it comes to marketing their work because we all know that marketing is is the is the most ignored part of you know yeah. any adventure so yeah definitely um <laughs> yeah what i think is is you, should, you need to have uh, a good storyline and just a unique concept that has uh yeah it brings up some 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 empathy and i don't think you really need to uh put a lot of focus uh focus on making it very attractive um i find personally very important because uh yeah i really like photography and video photography and uh, also do a lot of a lot of videos which i then i want to edit neatly and really want to make it professional but mm-hmm. um you don't need to do that like if you have a good story it doesn't uh yeah if you have a good story and you're able to um yeah bring bring it over to to your audience then your audience doesn't really care if if the uh, the audio is is not right or if there's a flickering in the, in in the image right. like people will understand that you're you're on a you're on a journey mm. and if your story is good people will forgive you those those flaws and often um uh, some yeah it's funny that sometimes like often i get more uh, traction on uh, a selfie which i quickly take instead of a photo which i spend 30 minutes on to to edit that or something right. uh so yeah um so yeah first is get a get a good story and then uh i think what i would do different next time is uh doing more collaborations with with other influencers uh travelers who have uh like same uh goals goals as you because right. i find it uh, like i create a lot of content but honestly i don't have that huge following uh, on my social media pages i think like after three years of doing this uh i could have i only have five thousand followers on instagram which is not that not that much honestly i i think so mm. uh and it's also very hard to to spread your message i think so mm. yeah really finding collaborations with other influencers will help a lot in in um yeah get your your story more out beautiful um you know this has been a wonderful conversation we be uh, you know i saw that sometime back which is april 7th you completed this trip uh yep. at sydney in front of opera house now curious uh you're still on you, you you're continuing with the trip now you're in new zealand yeah uh w- w- you know what's your journey from 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 this point on and uh, how can people track you Right, so yeah, New Zealand is, is is really the the last country of of my trip. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not in our original plan to, to to get here, but after I finished in in Sydney, there were a few companies uh, from New Zealand who, who saw me on the news and said like, yeah, what you're doing is amazing for electric cars, so we want to get you to 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 New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And for me, that made perfect sense because it was always my idea to reach the other side of the world in an electric car. So New Zealand mm-hmm. was even further than Australia. So. Yeah, I was, I was really happy to to get there. Um, <clears throat> but also after I reached Sydney, uh, there was so much energy released from 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 my body. You know, it's really right. I felt like mission mission is accomplished and I achieved it. And um, so all of us, yeah, I really need to recharge myself a bit to make that next leg to to New Zealand. And I was also felt that. 
I'm really up for for a new challenge that I want to do something something different now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after New Zealand, I'm going back home and um, yeah, find myself another, another challenge. That was Weeby Walker. He's behind the steering wheel of an electric car named Blue Bandit and is in New Zealand as we speak. Do connect with him and see if you can offer him food or a place to sleep or electricity for his car if you are listening to this episode from New Zealand somewhere. No matter where you're listening from, uh, please do reach out to Weeby and show him some love. I'll have all the links to his website and uh, social handles in the show notes. You can access that at designyourthinking.com slash S2E32. That's season two, episode 32. All right, it's now time for a quick sneak peek of what's coming up next week just for you. I'm really, I'm really disappointed about, about our manufacturing here in, in Spain. We've, we've been trying to manufacture all the electronics here right and and i have this story i, I was before before leaving to to china one month ago more or less mm-hmm. we we asked for a quotation mm-hmm. of some electronic components here in, in spain mm-hmm. really close to barcelona it's a big company and we had the meeting with uh with um with one of the manufacturers mm-hmm. and and they and and we are still waiting for the quotation after two months, you know. Wow. And we had the time to go to China, travel to China, um, uh, had different have different meetings with with uh, Chinese providers, mm-hmm. um, even manufacturing some electronic uh, parts for us, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 coming back, and and I'm still waiting for for this these people to to answer. And that's an interview with Ramon Mañez Corbinos. He's the founder of Odyssey Music and he's building the world's smallest electronic saxophone. Now, his campaign on Kickstarter was overpledged by 1,428% and he is manufacturing these amazing pieces of art using 3D printing. We'll get into all of that and more in next week's our long exciting interview and I just don't want you to miss out on that. It's going to be really exciting episode so to make sure that you don't miss out please hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this show right now. No matter what podcast app you use click subscribe and I would love to see you with the next episode with Ramon right inside your ears. So if you liked today's episode I really would appreciate you leaving a rating and review for the show on iTunes. So if you have a minute right now, open your browser, type designyourthinking.com slash review and that will open a page. Now, once you're there, you will see a button saying leave a review on iTunes. Do that if you're opening this page from an Apple device. If you're not opening this page from an Apple device, just scroll down and you'll see a place where you can leave your review. And I would appreciate you doing that because your review means a lot to me. And also... Just forward this show, the link, share it with a friend of yours right now from your mobile device or laptop, wherever you're listening to the show right now. Thank you so much. 
The show is also available on Spotify, Google Play and YouTube. So please type designyourthinking.com slash Spotify or slash Google Play slash YouTube and you'll be taken right there. I truly appreciate you taking the time today. And until I see you with the next episode, take care and cheers, my friend. <laughs>